Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It's the Morning Five for Friday, October 7th, 2022. We've reached another football Friday. As always, it's brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. National Frappe Day. Are you a big Frappe? Uh, no, no, I'm not a big frappe guy. It's one of those things where, honestly, the only, so I'm a, I'm a big coffee guy. I think everybody knows that listens to the podcast. Um, just normal black coffee, you know, nothing fancy. The one day of the year that I will order like a, a frappe or I don't know, something, some other fancy type of coffee drink is, um, the night, like, like Thanksgiving night or Black Friday morning. Uh, I'll usually order some sugar-laden coffee drink and we'll go out Black Friday shopping and mostly just watch people. Um, and, and I'll get a frappe every now and then on days like that. But no, I, I think that's about the only time of the year I drink a frappe. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big frappe guy. I, when it comes to... Because when I go to Starbucks, I'll get a frappuccino. But I'm not sure if that's the same thing as a frappe. I do not have the answer to that question. I have no idea. <laughs> I am the wrong person to ask. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I have. I have no idea. I don't even know what I get when I get one of those fancy drinks on on Black Friday. It's a. Uh, I let I let Emily get it for me. I just tell her I don't want it too sweet, but a little sweet because I need uh, I need some sugar to put up with these crazy shoppers. But it's fun. All right, uh, the season ended two days ago, so today we're going to look at how we did at picking the, our over-unders, and boy, did I do a horrible job. <laughs> horrible hey, we finished job. We finished 500 as a, as a pair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You look, you look at it that way, we finished 500 as a pair, that's all <laughs> you can ask for. That's all you can ask for in betting. All right, we started uh, with Max Freed wins, and the set, the line was set at 13 and a half. Both Bryce and I had the under. Max Freed got 14 wins. We were, so. we were close. I think we both said 13, so we were really only yeah. a one win off. So that's not that's not terrible. I'm glad we were wrong on that one. Uh, Charlie Morton wins. Uh, we set the line at 11 and a half. Um, I thought it was going to go over. Bryce said under. Nine wins. Yeah, Morton. Morton never really seemed to settle in for long hauls this year. No, I don't know why. Um, hopefully that changes in the playoffs. I have faith that it will because he's a veteran. But yeah, nine wins. Kenley Jansen. We set the line at twenty-two and a half saves. Bryce and I both said over. At forty-one. So that that seemed like one of the easiest lines on here. 22 and a half stains from Kenley Jansen. That seemed like one of the easiest ones. You had that line. Where did that line come from? 22 and a half. Because we were both like, this is easy money right here. All of these lines came for FanDuel. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I looked at that and I was like, that is the easy, that I could put a thousand dollars on that and feel extremely safe. This next one, I swear to you guys, I, I did not foresee the year that Spencer Strider was having. Was Nobody have. did. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> Spencer Strider starts at three and a half, and I obviously went under. I was like, you know what? I'll, he'll probably have like two or three starts. That'll be done. He had 20. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I went back and listened to all of our guesses. Um, you said just under at three, and I said just over at like four or five. Um, so I, I got the right on the over, but I was way, I was way way off on how many he would get. Twenty starts and an absolutely dominating twenty starts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely dominating. Um, the next one we had Ozzy Albie's stolen bases at fifteen and a half. Both Bryce, Bryce and I, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. Bryce and I, me and Bryce and I, uh, <laughs> Bryce and I had a at the over at three, two stolen bases. I, he would have hit the over had he not gotten injured twice but this year. Is, in my, in yeah, my opinion, I think I think so. Sure, sure. Yeah. I like to I like to tell myself that he would have. This next one was so close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We were both way off on our prediction. We we were right on the over, but. We were way off on our prediction. Uh, Matt Olson's home runs at 33 and a half. Bryce and I both said over at 34. I think we were both like, he's going to have 40 plus. Yeah. Yeah. We, we both said that we were taking the way over here at like somewhere between 38 and 42. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we were off on the number. We were right on the over by half a home run, uh, but we were off on what we predicted. Uh, Austin Riley RBIs at 89 and a half. Bryce and I both said over. He had 93, so we were correct there. Basically, we both, we both thought he was going to hit 100. Basically, the um, every single win that I got was a win for you, too. So that just sucked for me because I never <laughs> got a chance. <laughs> You're right. Um, Acuna's RBIs, he had, he had it at 65 and a half. Um, Bryce and I both said over. He had fifty. So no. Didn't yeah, happen. we we didn't we didn't really foresee the slump that Austin or excuse me that uh, Cunha was going to go into during the season. I you know we we came into the season assuming that when he came back from the disabled list that his knee would be fine and it wasn't and that hindered him a lot this year. Seems like it's fully recovered now, but. Yeah, the, the the production wasn't there for large chunks of the year. Braves wins. Okay, so I said under. And if I remember correctly here, um, I basically said, look, the competition's better. The Mets are going to be a lot better. So this is going to be tight, but I still think we're going to win the division. But it's going to be right under where the, the number is, which the number was at 89 and a half. Bryce said over, and we obviously won 101. So, yeah. Well, I was, what I remember uh, you saying was, I hate the Braves, and I'm taking the under. There's no way they're winning. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's what I remember you saying. It might or might not have happened. Um, yeah, you said you said under, but you said right under. You said 88 or 89, and you still think we're going to win the division. I said over, and I said right over. I think we were going to hover somewhere between 93 and 95. 
Um, so we were both off on the number. Uh, 101. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect 101. I don't think wins. anybody did, but I mean, we're, no. uh, we'll take it. And the fact that. Yo, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the fact that the Mets tied with us had the same record makes it even sweeter <laughs> I, yeah i almost like that even more that we won the division while having the same record as the mets it's just another <laughs> thorn in their side i do love that especially after being in first place a total of um eight days the best the best part about this entire thing is the playoffs line up to where if it happens the braves and the mets could face each other in the nlcs i don't want it i'll take that i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> see, see on the Braves over under this season uh, you went 3 and 6 and yeah. I went 6 and 3 yeah if everybody, listen, if everybody listened to both of our advices and put bets down on everything they'd have finished 500 that's what you want to do in betting you want to, if you can finish 500 that's a pretty good pretty good night for betting yeah but you're, never mind <laughs> that, works, that works out if it's like <laughs> If they both said, okay, I'm going to, like, on, on the ones that we split, that works out okay when, like, they bet both of them. Sure. Maybe they did. Maybe they hedged their bets. Maybe they bet the over and the under. I mean, that's next level thinking right there. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life, Billy. You remember the old Monty Python song? Yeah. This weekend, the Falcons travel to the Bucks, and they're going to have to look on the bright side of life as well. Uh, when I checked yesterday, the line was still at eight and a half. I would be surprised Ooh. if that doesn't come down to somewhere like around Ooh, six and a half. That's yeah. juicy. Yeah, bucks, bucks by eight and a half, man. Um, it's a battle for first place in the NFC South. Who thought we were going to say that when the uh, Falcons traveled to the Bucks here? And I think this is week five. Uh, not me. I didn't expect that. Last week was the first week all year that TB12 had all of his pass catchers in the field, and he feasted. 385 yards, three tuds, and a 114.7 rating. The Falcons' secondary will have... Do what? And they still lost, right? Yeah, by 10. Yeah, they (laughs) lost by 10. Yeah, they lost because the defense couldn't stop anybody, and I want to say Leonard Fournette had like seven carries for negative two yards or something. They couldn't couldn't run the ball. Good Lord. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bad. Uh, Falcons' secondary will have to shut down Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. The pair combined for 20 targets, 15 receptions, 162 yards, and two tuds last weekend. So those guys uh, are the studs that they were booked to be. Mike Evans coming back off his suspension for playing football against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, (laughs) A.J. Terrell will be the main Falcon DB trying to stop Mike and Chris. After a poor start of the season, he's really stepped up, allowing only seven receptions the past two weeks, three pass breakups, and a rating of 54.8 on 17 targets. Uh, we, we talked about this the first couple of weeks of the season that Terrell is an all-pro and he's not playing like one. Well, the last two weeks, he has been playing like one, and the Falcons are going to need him to step up against the Bucks this weekend. Uh, they have any shot at, at beating uh, Tampa Tom down there in Tampa Bay. The, the Falcons' D-line has to move Brady off of his spot. Kansas City failed to do so last week, and we saw the results. The Falcons' pass, ru- pass rush right now has eight sacks in the year and a pressure percentage of nearly 30%, which uh, both of those numbers are about mid-level. Um, but for a Falcons defense that got zero pressure last year and hardly any sacks, I think you will take the middle-of-the-road D-line getting getting eight sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback 
on 30% of his dropbacks. I think that's a win in the book of most, most Falcons fans. Right. Uh, the Falcons' main offensive weapon, again, will be its rushing attack. Even without Cordero Patterson, they're going up against a defense that gave up 189 yards on the ground last week, including two tuds and averaged 5.1 yards per carry. So Huntley and Algier will get the main workload, I would assume. Maybe you'll see Felipe Franks come in there and tote the rock for a different wrinkle. But no Cordero Patterson this week for the Falcons and no Cordero Patterson for the Falcons uh, for at least four more weeks because I believe he is on IR and that is a four-week minimum stay, I think. Yes. Could be wrong. Four four weeks. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you won't have him until probably week 10 or 11. Uh, Or excuse me, we're in five, nine. Yeah, nine or ten. Nine or ten. Keys to victories for the Falcons. Falcons need five or more yards per carry on offense. Mariota needs to throw the ball least, or excuse me, Mariota needs to throw the ball less than 20 times on the game. You have to sack Tom Brady three or more times or pressure him every time he drops back. And put a picture in TB12's locker of Antonio Brown hugging Giselle Bunchen before the game. And then just fire him up. He's not the one to fire up. No, that's going to distract him. That's gonna, I'm telling you, man, this whole Giselle Bunchen divorce thing, it's gotten Tom not acting like Tom. I mean, he played really well last weekend, but if you look at it, if you watch his mannerisms in his post-game and pre-game uh, conferences, I don't know, man. Something something doesn't feel right for, for Tom Brady. I mean, going through a divorce, no matter how popular it are, sucks. Uh, so, yeah, I'd put a picture in there just to try to throw him off his game. So... Eight and a half points is really juicy to me. I would take the Falcons. If you force me to bet here, give me the Falcons at plus eight and a half. That's a lot, man. <laughs> that is too, man. that is a ton of that's a ton of points. Let me see if it's come down at all. I, I really expect that line to come down to about six and a half before game time. Um because oh my god, it's grown. Wow. It is now ten. Take it. Give me the points. Holy smokes! Give me the points. Give me the Falcons and the points here. That's a that's a point and a half growth since yesterday. Wow, folks! If you're a if you're I don't have this on my soft earned dollars segment later on in the show, uh, but wow. I'm gonna put it in there. I'm, I'm just wow. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you now. Falcons at plus ten. That seems like easy money. I I I told y'all I don't know if I told y'all, but I hammered the under last night in the Broncos Colts game, and they combined for twenty one points. They didn't even they didn't even combine for half of the over under number. The <laughs> over under number was forty six and a half, and they combined for twenty one. Nice. That was that was one of the worst football games I've seen all year. That was terrible. <laughs> what was the final score? Twelve to nine. Who won? Hell, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think the Broncos won uh-huh. twelve to nine. No, Colts did. Colts won twelve to nine. Yeah, Pat twelve to nine. Happy at least, right? Oh yeah, bunch of bunch of kicking. There was oh, it was an overtime game. I folks, I fell asleep at halftime. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. <laughs> Seven field goals. There were zero touchdowns in the entire game. Seven field goals. What is this? Nineteen thirty-two. We're playing oh. in the Ice Bowl. Russell Wilson, you suck. So that two thousand, that plus two thousand, uh, or twenty thousand uh, that Pat McAfee had yesterday. Who didn't didn't hit? No, didn't hit. No. All right. No. Uh, Saturday, UGA versus Auburn, the South's oldest rivalry, or the, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, as they call it. Um, this is 
a long-standing rivalry between UGA and Auburn. Georgia's coming off two really disappointing wins against Kent State and Missouri. Can they get back to their dominant ways versus an Auburn team who is struggling, to say the least? Stetson should have a nice, clean pocket to sling it against Auburn. After their star defensive tackle went down, Auburn's pass rush has essentially disappeared. Their run defense, however, does seem to be stout, allowing only 3.7 yards per carry. Georgia enters week six, averaging 39 points a game this season, and they lead the SEC and rank fourth nationally, allowing just 10.8 points a game. Stetson should also hopefully have two healthy-ish pass catchers back. Adani Mitchell was dressed but didn't play against Missouri, and Arian Smith came back with his ankle injury to snag a catch. So hopefully he's he's got a full slate, a, a full healthy wide receiver room this weekend against Auburn. The line, are you sure about the the uh, twenty point line? I saw it at twenty three. That's what it was yesterday. Um, let me check again, though. Because Warren started what it, at 23. Uh, no, that... Okay, so... I wonder if this line is different. Yeah, it changed. It is not 20. And it is not 23. It is now 29 and a half. Holy crap. Yeah. 29 and a half is the line. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I took UGA last week with a massive, massive line, uh, and they disappointed me thoroughly. So I will not be taking them this week. If you if you forced me to bet on this at a 29 and a hook, give me Auburn. Give me the dog. Yeah, I've got – I have road um, favorites this week on my lock, so I can't wait to get to that. But we'll get to that here um, after our Marine South scoreboard. What you got, bud? Yeah, Mar- Marine South scoreboard from last night. A lot of green back on here. Bowden beats Model 4-1. to one. Bremen beats Ridgeland 15-3. to three. Annabelle Langley hit a three-run home run, that 15-3 to three trouncing of Ridgeland. Central beats Northwest Whitfield 12 to nothing. Lena Adams went deep for the Lions, and Carly Fuller pitched another great game. Threw a perfect game last night. Carly yeah. Fuller did. For the Central Lions. That's amazing. Absolutely love to see that. Uh, Northgate at Heard County. We're missing the score from that one. Paulding County does beat Temple last night, 18-15. to Villarica beat Tri-Cities in both the games they played last night. I don't have a score, but I do know they beat Tri-Cities in both of those games. Uh, and Villarica finishes the season undefeated in region play, and they are the region champions, and they will play... Saturday morning at 10 a.m. versus a team in the region. And I just had it, and now I have no idea where that page went. Dadgummit. I don't know where it's at. Um, well, let's pull the curtain back. I mean, Bryce has about 50 um, different tabs open right now on his browser. So, Do indeed. Do indeed, yes. That is that is a thousand percent true. Um, so, yeah, the Villarica, Villarica softball play 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, I assume that is at home, and if that is at home, that's going to be interesting because the rec department has the homecoming stuff for football um, there. So I might pop over and watch the softball game a little bit after we uh, after we play. That'll be cool. Um, 
God, I don't know where, I don't know where that. I mean, it's um, the one seed, so there's the one seed, so there should be a hosting. So that's uh, they do this. They do the same thing in softball, like all of their sports, right? One seed, they one should, seed hosts. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know where that page went. Yeah, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Um, in volleyball, Central beat Alexander two to nothing. And in the NBA preseason, the Hawks beat the Bucks one twenty three to one thirteen. Dejounte Murray with twenty five points, eight rebounds, and nine assists. Trey Young with twenty two points, two rebounds, and three assists. Yeah, you were way off. By the way, I was listening to the podcast yesterday on the way home, and um, <clears throat> that was after the Hawks game, and after I had already heard about the how much the starters played. Yesterday in the pod, you were like, yeah, they should play about one quarter or so. And dude, they played the entire game. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a it was a legit rotation. I, I can almost guarantee you the reason it was like that. The NBA told them, hey, we're putting our product out there in a new country. You have to play your starters. You have to treat this like it's a real game. Um, I can almost guarantee you that was a mandate from the uh, from the commission uh, playing in Abu Dhabi. If, if we're getting 25 and 22 from Trey and Dejounte every single week, every single game. Sign me up. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I mean, John added in sixteen. Hunter added in seventeen. In uh, Capella, Capella. If you just look at the stat line, really didn't do much. Five points, four rebounds, but he affected the paint every single time the Bucks player drove in. He played really, really, really good defense. Um, it's not going to show up in the box score, but he played really well in the nineteen minutes of action he had. And Oyeka Okongwu did the exact same thing. 11.7 rebounds, two assists. One of those, the exact same thing that Capella did. It's not going to show up in the stat line, but he played really good defense and affected the game in many, many ways. So this team's going to be exciting, folks. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I don't know if they're going to win a, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to win a championship or anything like that, but it will be an exciting brand of uh, football. It will be an exciting brand of basketball to watch all year long. With the roster we have, it'll be very, very fun to watch. Murray and Young uh, in their first game together combined 47 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Yeah, yes, I'll take that. And, please. And they did that, Billy, while shooting 0 for 6 from three-point land. What? Yeah, 0 for 6 from three-point land. That's not going to happen in the game, not folks. Bad. They're not A, they're not going to go 0 for 6, and B, they're not only going to take six threes. <laughs> so get excited. Get excited tonight and this weekend on the Stumpet Games and Events calendar. High school football tonight, Forest Park at Bowden at 7.30. Steve Lee and myself will be on the call. Billy and Coach Chris will be there as well doing pregame, halftime, and postgame. Yep. So tune into the Hometown Sports Media Carroll County Network tonight for the Forest Park at Bowden. Listen, I said this in my interview with Coach Rich Finley. If you're a Bowden fan and you're an able-bodied Bowden fan and you live in Bowden or anywhere close to Bowden, I don't want you listening to me on the radio. I want you at that stands. I want you packing the stands and cheering for these kids at homecoming. I want it to be standing room only in those stands uh, tonight at Bowden when that game kicks off. Um, But we will have the call in the hometown sports media Carroll County Network. Lafayette at Bremen at 730. East Coweedia at Carrollton at 730. That's a region game, and that will be on Peachtree TV actually, and I believe our good friend Brooks Austin will be out at Carrollton for that game. Why did Peachtree TV choose this game to be on? Is East Coweta good? Uh, they're okay. Um, Carrollton's just undefeated right now. They're number four in the States, and um, this is their first region game um, in Region 2 7A, so 
I think that's oh. why they're looking at it. Plus, it's kind of, you know, two relatively local teams with East Coweta being not that far from us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, East Coweta? Like, are they? I don't. I don't. I don't ever remember hearing about them. Uh, Snorville. I always want to call them Snorlaxville. Snorville at Central at seven thirty. That's a region game. Harrelson County at Rockmart at seven thirty. Another region game. Crawford County at Heard County. Heard County opens up region play tonight at seven thirty. Mount Zion is at Mount Vernon at four p.m. The Battle of the Mountains, and the game is at four p.m. Uh, because high school football, a lot of places in Georgia, is an absolute joke, uh, and Mount Vernon doesn't have lights. So instead of the GHSA requiring people to have lights and actually having a standard, um, they just said, "Hey, we'll just play the game at four o'clock on a school day." That makes sense. That makes sense. GHSA. Talk uh, to continue on. I talked to Brad Gordon about that, and he said, "Hey, we're gonna have to get dressed in a middle school gym while they still have class going on." It's, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, some of the stuff that the GHSA lets go on because of the sake of money is absurd and it's embarrassing. Uh, and if I found the person who uh, approved this, I would slap them. I don't care if it's 10 people. I'd slap all 10 of them. It's, it's just dumb. It's absolutely stupid. Uh, but I have I have a lot of problems with the GHSA and what they do to some of these kids. Uh, and Villarica at one, Chapel Hill. Do what? You're not the only one, buddy. I promise you. Yeah, that. but I have, no, I have nothing to lose. A lot of these people that have problems with the GHSA, they have stuff to lose. You know, they're involved. I have nothing to lose. I'll slap them. I don't care. What are they going to do? Nothing. They can't do anything to me. Uh, Villarica at Chapel Hill at 730. That is also a region game, and you will hear that game on the Hometown Sports Media Wildcat Network. Clay Harden and Casey Bass will be on the call at Crapple Hill, the Purple Palace. I'm surprised they didn't stop playing football when we laid the smackdown on them every single year when I was out at Douglas County. I figured they would have just folded up shop and said, to hell with uh, football. We can't compete in this sport. Uh, but Villarica will go out there and play them at 7.30 tonight. Villarica's had uh, 11 starters out this week with the flu. Yeesh. It's been awful, you know, man. My old football coach used to tell me the best way to get rid of a sickness is to get in the weight room and do squats. Um, so get all 11 of those kids in the weight room and sweat that sickness out. Soccer this weekend, Billy Atlanta United travels to NYCFC at 2.30 on Sunday. The season is over for Atlanta United, uh, but it'll be fun to see if Joseph um, see what Joseph does. Joseph posted posted a really encouraging Instagram post. I believe it was last week after the game that made me kind of second guess my staunch stance on him leaving Atlanta United in the summer or over the uh, over the winter break. Um, it really seems like he has started to buy in to what the organization is selling. Uh, so. So keep an eye on that over over the offseason. Uh, Joseph Martinez might not be gone. And the fact that we owe him like $23 million next season as well is a massive yeah. reason why he might not be For gone. Good reason. Yeah. Uh, and in the NBA, the Hawks the Hawks versus the Bucks at 12 p.m. on Saturday. I'll be interested to see what the starters do in that one. See if they have the same sort of rotation they did in the first game or if it's more of a preseason summer league rotation type game. But that is your Stump It Games and Events calendar for this weekend. All right, Bryce, I need some money. Let's get to the Incredible Pulp Soft Earned Dollars. If you guys haven't tried Incredible Pulp Lemonade, what are you doing? Go find yeah, them. There's something wrong with you. Look them up on Facebook. Steve Walker and, and family have posted, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. They, they give you weeks, like week out. 
where they're going to be. So go pay attention to where Incredible Pulp Lemonade is going to be and go find them and enjoy their lemonade. Their lemonade is phenomenal. And I think they have the whole month of October already planned out on their on their Facebook website. Uh, I know they're going to be at the mill. I know they're, they're at the mill for the Villarica Farmer's Market almost every single Monday or Tuesday. I forget when that is. But yeah, Incredible Pulp Lemonade. Go look at them on Facebook. They're also, not Billy, not only do they have Incredible Lemonade and Slang and Maids, they now are starting to do hot chocolate when the weather calls Let's for it. Go. Oh, my God. Their, their, their incredible pulp lemonade is so good. How good do you think their hot chocolate oh, is? I haven't tried yet. I've got to find it. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Uh, so my locks for this week, I am 6-8-1 and one on the season. I went 1-1-1 one, one, and one last week. My locks for this weekend, give me Chargers as a two-point favorite at the Browns. Uh, I think the Chargers are a very good team, playoff team, and the Browns right now are nowhere near a playoff team. Maryland is a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Purdue. Give me Maryland at home. Give me the mighty Terrapins. I came really uh, Maryland. getting that one. I like that line a lot over over the Boilermakers of Purdue. I think Purdue's pretty crappy, and I think Maryland's a decent squad. Uh, and then I'm going to go against my Braves fandom. Mets money line versus the Padres. Mets are a minus 162 money line versus the Padres. Scherzer is going for the Mets. Give me the Mets on the money line over the Padres in game one of the goofy wild card round that nobody asked for in baseball. I asked for this a long time ago. You and I have talked about this a long time ago. I said that we should do this. Stupid. All right. Uh, let's get to my locks of the week. I am four and 11. I am two and a half games back. This is where I make up. I'm making it up this week. I feel really confident about it. Uh, Ohio State is a 26 and a half point favorite against Michigan State. Just hammer that number. Um, they, Michigan State is a terrible football team. Ohio State uh, and CJ Stroud did not have a great game last week because of a, a few different reasons. Um, I think the wind had a lot to do with it, and it was swirling in Ohio Stadium, and his passes were going everywhere. I anticipate him to have a much better game passing this, this week, and you're going against the 115th ranked um, passing defense in Michigan State. Are are you worried at all about this game being on the road in the first game Ohio State has to play on real grass? Zero percent. All right. Zero percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in that boat. They were talking about it on the radio yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Ohio State over, over the 26 and a half points at, Mesh, at Michigan State. Tennessee is a three-point favorite at LSU. I'm taking the I'm taking Tennessee here, um, and then San Francisco 49ers are six and a half point favorite at Carolina. Carolina is not a really good football team this year. San Francisco has shown some really good promise. Um, I want to see what Jimmy Garoppolo and company can do this year this this week, um, and I feel that San Francisco's defense will hold Carolina, whose offense has been inept. To even less, so um, I feel good about the six and a half points. So I'm feeling I'm going to go three and zero this this week, Bryce. That San Francisco Carolina line could be sixteen and a half for San Francisco, and I would still take San Francisco. Carolina's terrible; <laughs> they are absolute dog crap this year. Uh, so is Baker Mayfield. A couple other things I'm betting on this weekend: Tennessee LSU. I'm going to get on that same game you are, but I'm going to take the over at sixty four and a half. I think that game is going to be an offensive onslaught. 
Uh, I look for both teams to be in the low 40s, honestly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the total comes to around 75 to 80. Uh, and then Arkansas is on the road at Mississippi State. They're a nine-and-a-half-point dog. I'm a huge Arkansas fan. I like what Sam Pittman's doing down there. I don't think Arkansas beats Mississippi State, but I also don't think they lose by more than set or by more than nine. Uh, I think it's more of around like a seven-point game probably. And then anytime touchdown parlay this weekend, Nick Chubb, Cooper Cup, and CeeDee Lamb. All three of those guys have to score an anytime touchdown, and that is at a plus 754. By the way, did you happen to see the post-game interview with uh, Mike Leach after Mississippi State's win last week? I don't think so. Apparently, the reporter said, hey, I am planning a wedding. What should, uh, what's your advice for wedding planning? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Mike Leach went on like a two-minute rant about how she should elope. <laughs> I want to have, I got to find the audio. I may put that in for uh, audio fun on, on Tuesday next week. Listen, folks, there's nothing better than when Mike Leach gets asked a non-football question after a football game because he will give you the most in-detail rambling qu- uh, answer that you could possibly Incredible. wish for, and it is absolute It's absolute gold. Absolute gold. It's, it's funny because, like, you know, the reporter asked Mike Leach about weddings, and then <laughs> across the, the South, a reporter asked a legitimate question to um, – Nick Saban after the game asked him how the team responded to Bryce Young going down and Nick Saban basically fussed at her for not asking about the team which she did but anyway yeah. Nick's, Nick's getting old and senile yeah yeah Bryce you need another cup of coffee indeed sir indeed I do another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert Goolsby real estate group Warriors Draymond Green apologizes to for fighting Jordan Peele yeah my bad. whatever <laughs> my bad. I don't know I don't I don't care it's a, it's an in uh in squad scrimmage it's an in squad issue you know handle it handle it how you should handle it but it's Draymond being Draymond and I said yesterday I'm a huge Draymond fan because the dog that is inside of him uh but stuff like this happens it's just what you have when you have Draymond on your team uh st louis cardinals albert pujol said he almost retired after his struggles in june i'm sure glad he didn't me too man because honestly and and i think i'm a little bit more romantic about baseball and we may i may prove this a little bit more on audio fun on tuesday him hitting 703 or whatever he finished with i think it was 703 and then Aaron Judge hitting 62 just means a lot to the baseball lifer in me. And a lot of people are like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Well, 62 home runs is a big number. That's the record. Yeah. Why, why do you not care about the new home run record? <laughs> people just. And and people argue and they're saying, oh, well, it's it's not the record because of, you know, Barry Bonds said it, whatever. Oh, well, those people are wrong. So. Well, we don't have to listen to them. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm a little bit more romantic about baseball than I think I, uh, a lot of people are. And there was a moment uh, Wednesday. Wednesday was the final day of the season, right? Um, uh, sure. Stephen Boat, we'll uh, former Brave, finished his season at Oakland and was retiring. It was his last game. And uh, his kids 
announced him um, going up to the plate of the PA. How about the dude hit a home run in his final at bat? Oh, what? Oh, man, that's perfect. <laughs> wow. What a way to end a career. That's amazing. I mean, he was he was basically floating around the bases. You saw the pure joy <laughs> in it in his face, man. I've, I've got to find the audio. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, France wants Joel Embiid for the national team in the 2024 Olympics. I mean, I, if he does this, he will become an all-time villain. <laughs> this is an all-time villain move right here. This is this would m- bump him right up there with Ivan Drago for an all-time villain of the USA. Why? Tell me why. I want to know your reason. Why? Yeah. Why would it move move him up? Because he's going from the USA to France. I mean, there's no there's no other way to put this. He's played for the U.S. national team. That would be like Landon Donovan for the U.S. national team switching over to Switzerland or something. <laughs> like you've already played and won with the U.S. national team, and now you're talking about going over and switching and playing for the French national team. That's an all-time villain move right there. That's that's an Ivan Draco move right there. He will he should get booed in every single stadium he walks into, just like Josie Altidore and uh, uh, Michael Bradley should do in soccer. They should get booed in every single soccer stadium they play in in America. If Joel Embiid does this, he should get booed in every single stadium he goes into. Fan is suing the Patriots, says they ruined his Tom Brady signed flag. What is this? Yeah, so they, um, the New England Patriots are caused they apparently caused irreparable damage to a U.S. flag that Tom Brady signed uh, by improperly displaying it in the team's Hall of Fame at Gillette Stadium. Uh, the fan's owner contends that it is a federal lawsuit, and he is he's suing him for a million dollars. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they got it, but they said the, the flag is a priceless piece of sports memorabilia and historic artifact. It flew over the now-closed Foxborough Stadium on December 22nd, 2001. Um, so, yeah, this is a uh, this is a Patriots fan that got a signed, a Tom Brady-signed American flag that flew over Foxborough Stadium and lent it to the New England Patriots to display in their Hall of Fame. And apparently it was improperly displayed and it damaged the flag. So the, the fan is now suing... Um, now suing the the Patriots, and this is a significant flag because it flew over Foxborough right after 9/11. So okay. they are, uh, yeah, they are uh, a fan of suing suing the New England Patriots now. Um, fans are suing a lot of people lately. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna sue. I'm gonna sue some. I don't know who I'm gonna sue yet, but I'm gonna sue somebody. We sue somebody. Know. Yeah, the Morning Five's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> I haven't figured it out who yet, but as the season unfolds in football, I'll find somebody. Let's get a studio for us. We can there go in there Boom. right after. Anyway, to, uh, today in 2012, New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees breaks Johnny Unitas's NFL record for consecutive games with a TD touchdown pass, which was his 48th when he connects with De- Devery Henderson in the Saints' 31 to 24 win over San Diego at the Superdome. What a great quarterback! Yes. All timer. He's maybe six foot, maybe. Drew Brees is just a fantastic, fantastic quarterback. Human being, amazing guy. Horrible announcer, apparently. Yeah, not very good at that. Not very good at that. Throwing tuds, really good at. 
announcing not the greatest day. Yeah. Right, so you get anything else? Nah, man. Let's get out of here on a football Friday. Let's uh, let's recap, guys. Remember, uh, I will be going live at five o'clock on the uh, Friday night kickoff show, brought to you by Dollar Heating and Air on both the Carroll County and Villarica networks on Hometown Sports Media um, for our pregame show. Bryce and Steve will will take it at seven fifteen for the Bowden and Force Park game, and Casey and Clay will take it for the Villarica at Chapel Hill game, and then I will have you covered for the Hoosier Apparel halftime show and the Villarica First Baptist overtime show post game. And, and Bryce is actually going to be there with me for that one. I, I truly Apparel. think yeah, that uh, you and I are going to be doing the Osier Apparel. Or, I mean, the uh, Villarica First Baptist overtime show early. Yeah, I hope so. Bowden should put it on Forest yeah. Park and it should be a running clock in the second half, yeah. just like Heard County did on um, uh, the Arugula's couple weeks ago the arugulas, or is the coach, the coach likes to call it the sweaters yeah the sweater vests the old <laughs> the old arugula sweaters all right for bryce sparling i am billy lindall have a great week everybody we will talk to you all on monday same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors <laughs>